Hello, is this thing on? It sure is. Welcome back to the One Man Faction Podcast. I am the One Man Faction himself. It's your boy Connor. Directly in your ear holes once again for episode number 27. Yes, sir. You know, you start a podcast during COVID. You don't know if you're going to be able to keep up with it. And, uh, you know, I've had a couple off weeks, but we are keeping up with it as best as we can. Like I said, it's a one-man faction. Everything is done through me. Producer, editor, content creator, all of it. It's all good, though. It's all good. I wouldn't change it for the world. And I appreciate all my OMFers out there sticking with the boy through everything, man. Just wanted to remind you, One Man Faction is the fastest growing wrestling podcast in the world. So make sure you do follow the podcast at OMF Pod everywhere you get Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all at OMF Pod. And please make sure you please rate, review, and subscribe. I need the ratings and reviews to get the word out and get the money coming in, basically. Uh, we're doing pretty good, though, so I appreciate all y'all that's been, you know, spreading the word and doing all that stuff. We're doing pretty good in the ratings. I'm I'm very happy where we're at, especially someone who doesn't know how to really run a podcast like that. We are doing good. We're on the wrestling charts, so that's always a blessing. So we're going to keep it going. We're going to keep the momentum going. Let's talk about this week in wrestling. A couple of things. First, I guess some breaking news. If you have not heard, Zelina Vega has been released by the WWE. The rumor is, you know, she expressed her her criticism about the WWE taking away the the Twitch access to all the superstars. You don't know WWE superstars can't do Twitch anymore, and it's tough because I know sometimes they were bringing in a little bit of extra money. I know AJ Styles and Paige they were pretty big on Twitch. Adam Cole, too. Like, I know he's a big Twitcher. It stinks, but I guess it's to me. It is what it is. You just got to adapt. A bunch of uh, stuff will happen with her, apparently. It's rumors. These are just rumors. I can't confirm nothing, but, you know, she says something about... She just put out a tweet that she says she supports unionization. Now, I'm sure that doesn't rub Vince the right way. And Alexa Bliss actually came out this week and telling everybody that, you know, WWE actually does take care of them whenever they're injured and stuff like that. So I guess Alexa Bliss kind of put out put those rumors to bed a little bit. But at the end of the day, man, you know, I hate to see Selena Vega go, especially because of all the stuff she's done. You know, it's it's crazy. That whole fighting with my family movie, it was about Paige. And Selena Vega had a big part in it. She played the AJ Lee in the movie. And now both Paige and Selena Vega, well, Paige can't wrestle anymore. But Selena Vega, they're both not active in WWE anymore. And they were both in a pretty successful movie about Paige's life that The Rock produced. It's sad. It really is. But I wish Selena Vega the best. I've said it before. I really don't like the fact that they split her and Andrade up because I felt like they complement each other so well. Now, I mean, no, Andrade's English isn't the best either. So he, like, he's kind of handicapped on the mics. But now I just are going to say Andrade is sink or swim for you, buddy. They got split up, separated, and now she's gone. And it has to be awkward for, like, Aleister Black, too. His wife got released, got fired, basically. Now he's in a he's in a tough spot. He really can't speak out against it because he's still a contracted employee of the WWE. I did hear that he did ask to go back to NXT, and he said no. I don't know how true those rumors are. You can look into that yourselves. But apparently he did ask to go back to NXT, which I don't blame him because they're not really doing much with him anyway. I think you send Aleister Black back to NXT, him and Ciampa could feud again and continue that because I feel like that feud actually ended very soon. I would like to see matches between those two. Running back with Velveteen Dream again and that was a good feud for him. 
Johnny Gargano as well. So, you know, we'll see what happens with Alistair Black. We haven't seen him on TV since he got moved over to SmackDown, I think. And it's a shame. It seems like a pattern with all these NXT superstars. Like, you get on the main roster and it's like nothing. I hope somebody, hope Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, they break the cycle. Hopefully they uh they do something with themselves. So we'll see, though. And it's a little bit more happier news. We're getting two new documentaries. So first thing that was being reported was they're doing a Vince McMahon documentary on Netflix, which is going to be pretty cool to see. I like to see the behind-the-scenes, day-to-day operations of the chairman of the board. See what he goes through throughout the day, making those important phone calls, making those important decisions. And, you know, say what you want about Vince, but the superstars that have been loyal to him has spoken nothing but high praises towards him. I know there's been some, you know, like Eric Young's and Harper's and stuff like that, that, you know, say he's a little out of touch, which sometimes I feel like he is. I'm sure you all have the moments like, bro, Vince, what are you doing? Do you see what AEW's doing over here? Like, you got you to keep up. I mean, he knows what's best for business, not to pun intended, I guess. I mean, he knows what's best for business. He turned that company into a multi-billion dollar corporation. I look forward to seeing what he is. And I really don't know a lot about his early life either. You know, I know his grandfather's, I mean, grandfather and father, he kind of, you know, did the same thing. And But he just took his, he just took that whole thing and just sent it to the moon. So I would like to know a little bit more about his early life. I want to talk to Shane what it was like growing up as Vince's son, not, like when he was getting into the business, but like as a child, I want to know what that dynamic was like. Another documentary we're going to get is a Stone Cold documentary. Arguably the greatest superstar of all time. He's a lot of people's number ones on their like top five list. He's definitely on the Mount Rushmore of WWE superstars. You want to talk about everything that WWE superstars personifies the Stone Cold charisma, attitude, all that stuff marketable apparently the same people that do the last dance that did the last dance documentary about michael jordan and the 98 bulls and all that stuff and their whole run is going to be producing that documentary for stone cold so i'm excited to see that i don't know if it's gonna be multi-parts like it was with the last dance but i look forward to seeing what's gonna happen with that it's gonna be great another uh maybe some more breaking news so apparently wd is about to sign some talent this is what I have read from the sheets, Alex Zane, who's a very popular independent wrestler who actually got to see wrestle at the independent wrestling expo in North Richland Hills, Texas. He has signed with the WWE and impact wrestling's. The rascals have also signed with the WWE. So uh, if this is true, big congrats to those three well-deserved and I'm sure they're going to go straight to developmental straight to NXT, start working on there. And I think that's good because I feel like, NXT probably does need some fresh new talent. I mean, Gargano and Champa and Dream can only do so much. And we're starting to see, you know, the emergence of guys like Cameron Grimes and Loomis and Timothy Thatcher. Finn Balor coming back helping is helped out a lot. And you know Adam Cole's gonna do his thing. But it's always good to see what the what the what that next that next crop of guys and girls are gonna do. I think these three superstars or four, I don't know if all of them of the rascals are coming, but I think you know, the whole group, the Rascals and Alexander, are definitely going to bring something to NXT, to WWE, and I can't wait to see what they're going to do in their future. And I'm sure you've noticed Cody Rhodes got his name back. Yes, sir. We can start calling him Cody Rhodes again. I ain't got to call him Cody. 
Peter Rosenberg on Cheap Heat made a good observation. He says, it sounds like you're calling for a dog. Like, come here, Cody. Come here. It's Cody. Like, bruh, I understand. But I'm glad Cody Rhodes is back. It just, it just feels right. A name that was resurrected from the name drop graveyard. Now, if Andrade can get CN Almas back, I would definitely appreciate that. Also, Matt Riddle, rest in peace to Matt. Now it's just Riddle. Now, apparently the rumors and the reason is because, you know, he has all that sexual allegation stuff out right now. They're getting all that sorted out. He was proven not guilty. Um, there, there wasn't any evidence that he did do anything like that. And he did admit that he did, you know, have a relationship with another woman while he was married. But all that's under bridge now. But I guess if you look at Matt Riddle, all that stuff comes up on Google. So they're just going to change it to Riddle. Riddle. I'll say it again if you didn't hear me. Riddle. No longer Matt Riddle, just Riddle. So look forward to that hearing Riddle coming out of the announcer's mouse. Before I get into like the week of wrestling, um, I'm going to recap full gear real quick. But first, I want to give a shout out to Walter and Ilya Dragunov. They had a hell of a match on NXT UK. It was like last week or two weeks ago. I got around to watching it a couple of days ago, and it was it was hard hitting. It was violent, especially with like no crowd. They're do, they're working in an arena with no crowd. They don't have any um like other other talent surround the ring either. So it was just you can just hear every chop, every slap. Like it was just it was great. That's what wrestling's about right there. Just hearing all that. I think I won't, I don't know. I have to look. I have to look. But it may be a stretch. This may have been the most violent match I've seen, where there were no weapons used whatsoever. I have to. I have to double back on it. But right now, I'm gonna say that may be the most violent match, or one of the most violent matches I've seen that where there's no weapons involved. It was just straight up wrestling. Now you see the after effects. Both of those guys are just beat red after the match. I want to see them running back. I really do. I think Ilya is a star. We already know what Walters can do. I definitely do want to see them wrestle again sometime in the future. So please, please, please have a feud over that match. I wasn't really sure who would be able to dethrone Walter, but I think Dragunov may be the one. He may be the one. And I think everybody would be cool with it after seeing that match that they just had. So let's get into Full Gear. I thought Full Gear was honestly the best pay-per-view AEW has done since... Maybe Revolution? I want to say that. So, Revolution last year. So, I thought it was the best review they've done. Especially, like, working with no crowd and everything. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was really well done. Um, of course, you know, Kenny and Hangman tore it up for the op opening match. I was wondering if anyone was going to ever follow what they just put out. You know, you got to follow what they do for the opening match. And I thought that everyone else tore it up, man. Um... The Bucks and FTR, you know, the whole callbacks to everything with their inspirations in tag team wrestling with the Dudley Boys and the Hardy Boys. And, uh, you know, they hit a heart attack, I think. And then they did something from DIY. That's that's pretty cool, man. They, did, they, they paid homage to DIY. If you haven't seen their matches, uh, Gargano and Champa versus The Revival back in NXT, their takeover matches, they were awesome. That was some good tag team work that, they, that those two teams put together i suggest you go back on the network and watch it i think i may watch a couple after i'm done editing and everything like that so they 
I was surprised the Bucks won because I didn't think FTR would get such a short title reign. Well, maybe it wasn't so short because they did. They won him at the last pay-per-view, so maybe it was a couple months. But I feel like they didn't really defend him like that. I think they defended him like against, what, best friends, and maybe that's it. Maybe someone else. Maybe SCU, too. I'm not sure, but I did want to see them hold him for a little bit longer. And I hopefully this feud that they have with FTR and the Bucks lasts a little bit because I wouldn't mind seeing it again. So after that, we I got Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy in the elite deletion match. You know, you know how Matt Hardy's deletion matches go. Very cinematic. Uh, I like to see how I wanted to see how it will look in AEW with Matt's mind and the creative freedom that the stars have. I thought it was very, very, very well done. I thought the WWE one was well done too. The TNA one obviously set the standard. But as far as like everything that they got to do with with the monster truck and then they brought in uh, Hurricane Helms and Gangrel and, you know, Private Party got involved and it was it was great, man. You know, Sammy got his receipts that everyone was looking for. You know, he got his head uh, he got his head smashed into the, the concrete and then he got the same chair shot to get him at Hardy. Matt Hardy deserved to win. It would have been cool to see Sammy win because I feel like Matt Hardy didn't need to win, but he deserved to win. And you know what, man? To show something with Sammy, got up next Wednesday and just was just, you know, hey, I'm back again. But we'll get into him and the whole inner circle thing here in a little bit. And I did want to talk about the match between Moxley and Kingston. Those guys ended the show perfectly. Obviously, those guys got a lot of history. You felt that match. I know it took a lot for Eddie Kingston to say I quit. And I'm sure a lot of people's respect for Eddie Kingston grew tremendously. But at the end of the day, he said it Wednesday, I don't really care about your respect, bro. I really don't. He showed a lot of guts. He showed a lot of balls going up against Mox like that. The two most violent men, I think, in AEW right now. Those two. And I can't wait to see what is next for Eddie Kingston. I'm guessing he's going to go against Pac. And then, you know, Moxley has Omega down the road. I want to see what John Moxley does against a wrestler like Kenny Omega in a wrestling match. John Moxley can go. Obviously, Kenny Omega is revered as one of the best in the world. He said it in his promo Wednesday. He's like, you know, I'm the one that should be. I'm the one that's revered as the best wrestler. You've kind of taken my spot as this guy. You know, him being number one on PWI. I don't even know where Kenny was. His matches were getting all the the critical acclaim. And he was the one getting the the five-star matches. And Kenny was just kind of in the tag team, just kind of doing his thing, coasting. But he's like, you know what? I'm done with that. I'm back to being the cleaner. I love to see it. I was going to get into it the whole time during my AEW recap, but I just got into it now. Maybe I'll run it back in the AEW recap, but we'll see. But yeah, love the passion with Kenny and all that stuff. And by the way, I do want to say I love the fact that AEW is willing to work with other wrestling companies and let it be known that they're working with other wrestling companies. I love that Don Callis, who is, you know, kind of running things in Impact Wrestling right now, was able to come to AEW and hop on the commentary booth and, and call Kenny's match. You know, I, WWE is great, but I feel like sometimes they do need to kind of get off their high horse a little bit and kind of work with these these other companies. Like, it's 2020. I, I know that the WWE has their own fans, but... You have to understand that nowadays, I feel like most fans just don't watch WWE product. 
Now, some may. I had a guy I work with who said, I only watch Raw and SmackDown. And I was like, oh, bro, you got to watch NXT if you love WWE. It's like, it's like more wrestling and just without like kind of like kind of less storytelling and like better matches, in my opinion. They give the wrestlers time to work. So he checked it out and, you know, he said he liked it. But as far as like, you know, I noticed this whole facade is like, oh, we're the best WWE, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, whatever. That's fine. But at the end of the day, bro, I feel like all wrestling companies need each other to be successful. And I would just like to see, you know, WWE work with some of these guys. I would like to hear about AJ Styles' TNA days from somebody. Let's talk about Shinsuke Nakamura's New Japan days. Why not? Let's talk about Adam Cole in Ring of Honor. Let's talk about Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan in Ring of Honor. Bring in some of these people who are still at Impact, still at New Japan, still at Ring of Honor, and have them come in and talk about their superstars who have worked on other brands before. I'm, I know it's a shock to some people that other superstars worked other places before they got to WWE, but I would like to see them, you know, kind of branch out a little bit and work with other companies. It's 2020. We all work together. We're all there. Like, it's basically, I feel like with no crowd, everybody is on a level playing field. Now, I know WWE has the, the virtual fans and everything like that, but I feel like as far as, like, you know, you want to talk about match quality, stuff like that, everybody's on the, on the same level playing field because there's no fan advantage. You can pump in as much crowd noise as you want, but there's still no fans there. So I feel like this is a good opportunity for other companies to work together. That's all I'm going to say about it. Let's get into this week of wrestling, though. Let's get into it. So let's start off with SmackDown. I love Roman Reigns more and more every single week. I think he is the best heel in wrestling right now. And I would not be surprised if Roman Reigns keeps us up for like the next year and he's number one again on the PWI 500. I would not be mad about it. I know other people wouldn't be mad about it either. I've seen hardcore Roman Reigns haters on the internet that are saying, bro, I love Roman Reigns now. I'm into it. Now, was it a couple years too late? Probably. But better late than never, in my opinion. He's doing his best work right now. I love the fact that he doesn't wrestle very much on SmackDown because he's the champion. The champion shouldn't be wrestling for free, in my opinion. The main champion. I'm glad to see that. I think he's, since he's been champion, I think he's only wrestled like a match, a singles match, once. And that was for like a special episode of SmackDown. He wrestled Braun Strowman. And that's cool to me. It keeps his mystique going. It keep, It makes him, like, it makes him feel big. Like, you want to fight the champion, you're going to earn it, and we're going to fight on the big stage. That's what a champion should feel like. You know, back in the day, I, I now, I'm this is before my time, obviously, but, you know, back in the day, I heard, you know, Hulk Hogan didn't even really show up on TV like that. Maybe we get back to that. Who knows? But, you know, I love what Roman Reigns is doing. His whole, his whole speech he gave to Jey Uso, I felt the passion, everything about it, man. How he's, you know, controlling Jey Uso, all that stuff. Keep it up. WWE, don't mess this up at all. 
I do want to get into something that's a. Uh, you know, it's, I mean, it's cool to see. First of all, shout out Chelsea Green for making her, I guess, debut on SmackDown. Kind of out of nowhere, kind of out the. Because if you remember, a lot of people were speculating before people figured out it was Carmella that Chelsea Green was going to be that one who was doing all those vignettes and stuff like that, which would have made sense for her character. So, I mean, it was cool to see, like I said, Chelsea Green there. But sad news, she did break her wrist in the match she had. And now she is on the shelf for who knows how long. It's tough because she's had some bad breaks. He was on NXT, didn't really do much. She was with the Robert Stone brand. I thought that was going to like take her to like the next level. Then she left the Robert Stone brand, and then here we are again, back on the shelf. Hopefully it does not derail her because I think she's a talent. I think she's going to be a future champion one day. The match with McIntyre and Uso, I really thought Jey Uso was going to do it again. I thought he was going to pull it off again. You have to understand, main event Jey Uso is having the run of his freaking life. He didn't, Roman Reigns mentioned how he beat Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens. He didn't mention that the fact that he beat AJ Styles clean. He beat him clean in the middle of the ring. AJ Styles. I thought that was the same fate was finna happen with McIntyre. I'm like, okay, Jey Uso finna beat Drew McIntyre. But no. Drew McIntyre was not letting that happen. Now, Technically, if you want to pull that technicality, the match was unsanctioned, so it doesn't count. It gets thrown out because Drew McIntyre is a Raw superstar. Adam Pierce cleared that up for everybody. So if you want to use that, you can say Jey Uso technically didn't lose to Drew McIntyre, but whatever. It is what it is. You know what I mean? You know what I mean. But as far as SmackDown, I thought SmackDown was great this week. I know it said the ratings kind of dropped a little bit. But I really like SmackDown. I think SmackDown is probably the best show between uh, Raw and SmackDown. Maybe even NXT. I think it's just the best show right now. I think what they're doing every week is they're killing it, man. They are absolutely killing it. And hope they keep it going. Sami Zayn is awesome, too. I can't forget about Sami Zayn. You know, he's doing the best work of his career, too. I'm glad I gave him that belt back. So let's jump over to Raw, shall we? Shout out to the New Day, man. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I I saw their gear. And I was like, oh, they're doing like some Schoolhouse Rock inspired gear. That's cool. And I grew up with Schoolhouse Rock. So I thought that was very cool. And then I look uh, on like a picture. It is like has like historical black figures on it. I'm like, that is awesome. That is awesome. So shout out to the New Day for always embracing the culture, always embracing the history. That's really cool. Matt Riddle's qualified for the Survivor Series team. Cool. Um, I thought Drew was going to make it on that team because he obviously can't fight Randy Orton at Survivor Series. Like, what else is he going to do? I thought it would. I should have been a, a, a stipulation where, you know, Drew has his championship match, but whoever loses is going to take that last spot. That should have been the stip. I mean, Matt Riddle's great. He can go. I'm glad he's on the team. But I feel like you want some, like, just beef in that in that match. You got Keith Lee, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman. If you want to count AJ's bodyguard friend, him too. Just straight up monsters of human beings going up against Team Raw, who right now consists of Kevin Owens, Jey Uso, Baron Corbin, Seth Rollins. Corbin, yeah, but I mean, if you look after that, is not really the biggest guys. 
They could have had a distinct advantage in that. That's just what I would do. I want to talk about someone who's not getting a lot of credit either. Uh, Drew Gulak. I feel like I want to see more of him, especially after his interaction with the Hurt Business with the with the clip on tie. That was the first time I laughed at WWE programming in a very in a long time. I usually think the writing is kind of cheesy and everything, but I thought that was very well done. <laughs> they were like, "You really, you really stepped to us with a clip on tie, on bro." He was like, "What do you think about this?" It said he's like, you know what? Said he's like, I'm be real. I think I thought it was a pretty good idea. I mean, he has a point. <laughs> got to got to have quick getaways, man. So, but yeah, shout out to Drew Gulak. I want to see more of him on the TV. And Lana, um, hey, look, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm starting to feel bad for Lana. Whatever they're doing to pull on the heartstrings of WWE fans, I'm like, bruh, this girl is in here busting her ass every single week. Just trying to get better, show her team that she's worth being on the team. And I think she's been put through that table eight weeks in a row. And I feel for her, man. I really do. I feel bad for Lana. I what Y'all got me. Y'all got me, WWE. Y'all got me. You know, my hope is, like, maybe Lana's going to be the sole survivor this coming uh, Sunday for the Survivor Series women's match. I think that would be awesome for her after all the stuff that she's been through. One more thing before I get off of Raw, though. I want to talk about the best match of the night, which I thought was Ricochet versus Ali. May have been the best match of all week in all of wrestling, honestly. They finally let Ricochet do some flippy stuff, bruh. I've been waiting for that. Like, where my guy at since he's been on? Like, he's doing all this stuff on NXT. You get to the main roster, you're nothing. He, my, my, my man, got to do a Phoenix Splash. Do got to do a, a plancha off the, off the top rope. You know, all that stuff. And Ali can do all that too. But obviously, him working as a heel now, you got you got to stay on your feet. You can't be doing all that stuff to pander to, to audiences. I'm, I like his new submission. That's pretty cool looking. It looks devastating. Retribution finally got a win since it was announced that he was the leader. They've been getting their ass handed to him by the Hurt Business the past couple weeks. And you know what? I low-key hope Ricochet joins the Retribution. You might as well. What else are you doing, Ricochet? You ain't doing nothing else. So, we'll see what happens with that. Let's jump over to AEW real quick. Um, first of all, let's start out. We may begin a Cody Rose versus Shaq match. Shaquille O'Neal. Yes, that's Shaq. It was uh it was a very weird segment with him and Jade Cargill, who is probably like a bootleg Bianca Belair, honestly. But yeah, I, I it was kind of weird how the whole thing was set up. He's my man and the thing about this is like Cody, he acts so surprised when he sees superstars for the first time. I'm like, sir, you are the executive vice president of this company. I know you have some sort of say if you sign this person. You can't be acting like you don't know who they are, Cody. You know who they are. You signed them probably. You At least you signed off on signing them. It got ran by you. You're the executive vice president of All Elite Wrestling. I know you had something to do with her signing. Don't be acting like you should have just whenever she just came in the ring, she didn't be like, uh, you should have been like, Jade, can I help you? 
you can't be like, uh, can I help you? Like, I don't even know who you are. Bro, it don't, it don't work like that, Cody. I know it's kayfabe only, but bro, you are the executive vice president. It's known you're executive vice president. You can't be pretending you don't know your superstars, bro. It's a, it's a bad look. It's a bad look. He's like, I would have been like, uh, Cody, you just signed me last week, bro. If I was there, I'd be like, Cody, you just signed me. Like, we just, I was just in your office a month ago, signed my contract, and now you don't, you like, now you don't know who I am. Man, whatever, though. I did feel like the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the interaction with her and Brandy, a little bit forced, in my opinion, a little bit forced. Um, Brandy ain't got to act like a ghetto black girl finna whip some ass. Like, she ain't, like, bruh. First of all, I know that's not her character. She ain't never act like that ever. And now, which I think she's from Detroit. Just like now that Detroit comes out of her, like nah, bro. Come on now, come on now, Brandy. Come on. Another thing that happened as well. I want to talk about MJF, bro. First of all, congratulations on being an inner circle. You and Warlow. That's two big gets in the inner circle. I don't like how my man's trying to force his way into Sammy's spot. Next thing you know, MJF and Chris Jericho are going to start teaming together. And then MJF's going to be like, you know, bro, like this Sammy guy is like, he all, all he does is loses. He never wins. I'm sure that will play out. I think... Sammy is probably going to get that break away from the inner circle and he's going to go on and probably be one of the biggest baby faces in pro wrestling. Now I know the internet probably don't like him because of all his past and everything like that. But over here at one man faction, I'm all about second chances. He did apologize. You know, it was, I don't agree with what he said about Sasha Banks. Uh, the whole Matt Hardy incident with the chair was very stupid and very irresponsible. He served his punishment. Only thing you can do. All right. So we just got to keep him moving with that. So after this is done with him and MJF, like I said, I'm sure Sammy's going to get made to the biggest baby face in the company. I'm sure he may even get a TNT championship run. Speaking of which, I do. Let me backtrack real quick. Thank you, AEW, for finally taking off your titles on X WWE superstars and putting them on guys that were never in the WWE young bucks, new tag champs, Darby Allen, new TNT champion. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I've been very critical about this with AW because I'm like, yo, y'all been around for a year. These stars you got now are very established. You've had time to build them. Let's give them some gold. You know, I love Darby Allen. I think he's going to be a, around for a long time. He he reminds me a lot of Jeff Hardy. He really does. I think that's why I connect with him, because Jeff Hardy's been, like, one of my favorites ever since I was young. And I'm like, you know, I, he he has, like, this Jeff vibe to him, and I mess with it. Just the whole daredevil, loner type of thing. Like, I mess with it. If Jeff ever comes to AEW, or maybe Darby Allen, if, ever, if he ever comes to WWE, they can meet up and have a great match. I would love to see it. So, yeah, back to the regular show. MJF, Sammy Guevara, I'm sure that's going to happen. And now, my boy Pac is back, too. My boy Pac is back. 
What does this mean for Eddie Kingston's family? Don't know. But he's, <laughs> my man said, where your little British friend at? And he back now. Hey, I'm here. My thing is this, though. Why is Eddie trying to, like, create division between Ray Phoenix and Penta? Real brothers. Why is he trying to do that? I don't see the point of even doing that. Because, like, that's family, bro. Like, they had a good match. I understand, like, they, they really try to, like, you know, literally tear their faces off because, you know, they try to rip each other's mask off and everything. But I'm like, yo, I don't see this ending well for, like, his whole crew. Especially if you want to keep them around for a minute. You might as well, might as well let them do that thing. But we'll see what happens next week. I'm glad Pac's back. I think he makes the product better. And I'm glad he's back on AEW. Let's jump over to NXT before I let y'all go. couple of things. Um, not really my favorite episode. I'm sure I haven't checked the ratings this week, but I'm sure AEW beat NXT in the ratings. Um, so, big thing that happened. Gargano lost his North American Championship. I'm so shocked. Not really because he can't keep a championship. He, you know, Sasha Banks. I can't say nothing about Sasha Banks anymore because she broke her whole thing. They, she broke her whole thing, how she can't defend the championship. And Gargano is still going on strong. This week, he lost to Leon Ruff. I loved it. I was genuinely surprised. That was my first jaw-dropping moment I saw in wrestling for a very long time. I did not see that coming. I did not see that coming whatsoever. So, shout-out to, first of all, shout-out to Leon. Congratulations. I know he just got signed to a contract a couple weeks ago. So, it's good to see him doing his thing. And I'm sure that he's probably not going to hold on to championship for a minute, but... I'm sure Organo win it back, and I'm sure he'll lose it again. He's just going to keep stacking up championships. He's just going to be like Charlotte Flair. Just keep stacking them up, not really defending them, not, not, not defending them successfully. And then by the time he leaves NXT, he's going to be a 10-time NXT champion, a 13-time North American champion, maybe like a 7-time tag champion. And then he's just going to have a cumulative amount of holding all those championships. Is going to probably be like 150 days. <laughs> I'm sure that's what's going to happen with old Gargano. So we'll see. We going to see. I'm sure you guys saw right through this. You didn't really need a telescope to see this coming. Candice LeRae revealed the, the masked person that's been helping her out. And, of course, it was Indy Hartwell. If you've been following this whole Gargano storyline, you would know that Indy Hartwell has been, you know, kind of looking to join them in some sort of way. Sent them a TV, stuff like that. I'm glad she's getting used on TV, you know what I'm saying? It's always good to build other stars. So, I think the best heel on that brand right now is not a uh, wrestler. It's Pat McAfee. He's been killing it on the mic. His whole group, I didn't expect Danny Burch and Oni Larkin to be looped in the whole this whole thing because I didn't really think they fit McAfee's vibe. Along with Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne. I'm glad, first of all, I'm glad he's being used, but I feel like with him in that group, it's just kind of like, it's kind of hard to trust Pete in groups. Like, I I just feel like Pete is going to snap at any moment. Like, when he was in a team with Matt Riddle, I'm like, he's going to turn on Matt Riddle at any given moment. He's going to get sick of it and turn on Matt Riddle. I mean, hey, but he's hanging in there right now. That's, that's a violent dude, too, honestly. So, I'm sure this is all setting up for war games whenever the UE does come back. And like I said, man, look, they don't really have a lot of friends. They beat up everybody in that locker room trying to get to the top. And they got to the top. 
They don't really have a lot of allies right now. All that guys each other. So we're going to see if this is going to be enough to get past McAfee and all of them. But once again, I appreciate y'all for checking in to the podcast. Once again, my name is Connor. Next week, I will preview Survivor Series and talk about whatever else happened in the week of wrestling. I'm going to start a new uh, series, too. I'm going to probably post it on my social medias. I'm going to do a fashion... A, I can't even say the name of my series. I'm going to do a faction flashback Friday. I'm just going to post a wrestler that you may have forgotten about or that you forgot that you forgot about. Give you, like, you know, some of his or her career comments, and then I'm going to let you know what they're doing nowadays. So, faction flashback Fridays. Say that three times fast. Look out for those on Instagram and TikToks and Twitters and all that stuff. At OMFPod. Gonna be great. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing it. And uh, I'll catch y'all when I catch y'all. I appreciate it once again. Uh, y'all have a great rest of the week. Y'all stay blessed.